hey, just jumping in here quickly because I'm really excited to share that I've just launched something brand new. It's called the Smell Gym. This is the place to exercise your sense of smell. I've got online classes for everyone, no matter your ability to smell or not to smell. As you know by now, I'm really passionate about our sense of smell, and I want everyone to have the healthiest, most robust ability to smell possible. I invite you to go to my website, smellgym.com, and check out what might be the best fit for you. Hello, welcome to An Aromatic Life. Today we're heading down under to Australia to chat with aromatherapist Audra James. Maybe you know her already. She has a famous brand called Audra James, which Kate Blanchett loves, by the way. If you don't know her, I think you'll fall in love very quickly. So Audra describes herself as a late bloomer because it wasn't until her late 30s that she really knew what she wanted to do. She actually has a new book out called Late Bloomer, and I just want to share a passage here. She says, I suppose like many people, I was brought up and conditioned to believe that I was supposed to reach certain milestones in my life and have everything figured out by a particular age. But life, it seems, just isn't like that. Looking back, now that I'm in my 60s, I'm convinced more than ever that there isn't any set timetable for things to happen. And that for some of us, the second or third part of our life is where the magic really begins. I relate to this so much. And maybe as you hear her life's journey, you'll find some of yourself in her experiences too. In our conversation, Audra shares her scent-woven, windy path through life that led her to becoming an aromatherapist more than 30 years ago. She actually left the field for a while and came back with renewed vigor. She talks about that too. Yes, this is a discussion about aromatherapy, but it's really about so much more. I'm always inspired by women who are honest about life, how it's not a straight line, but rather a windy, often messy journey with lots of obstacles along the way. Let me tell you a little bit more about Audra. As I mentioned, she's an Australian-based aromatherapist with a career spanning over 30 years. She's the founder of Audra James Botanicals, a successful aromatherapy brand in its own right. She's also a product formulator for other brands worldwide. Her passion for aromatherapy sees her sharing her considerable knowledge through social media, interviews, workshops, and one-on-one -on -one tuition. Here she's been able to provide highly accurate and responsible information about aromatherapy and how it can be used in our everyday lives to enhance our well-being. She's also taught aromatherapy at diploma level in Australia and created and presented aromatherapy training events for companies, schools, and health professionals. Much of her work focuses on women's health, stress management, and natural skin care. Audra is the author of the book that I mentioned called Late Bloomer, which is her first book and one that outlines her journey as an aromatherapist. Needless to say, Audra is a treasure, and I think you're going to love this conversation. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfortable, and join me as I talk to Audra James. This is An Aromatic Life, the podcast that aims to shed light on our beautiful sense of smell and increase its profile in a culture dominated by sight and sound. My name is Frau Gagalia. I'm a certified aromatherapist and smell coach who spent over 20 years in and around the fragrance industry. 
What I know for sure after all these years is that our sense of smell is powerful, yet is so underappreciated. There's so much we can do to harness our sense of smell to be well. So join me as I explore this mesmerizing sense from all different angles and learn what it can do for you. Enjoy the show. I want to welcome you to an aromatic life. Audra, thanks so much for joining me here today. Thank you so much for asking me. Um, I, as I said, I've really enjoyed listening to so many of your podcasts. So thank you for asking me to include to be included in one of them. Oh, thank you so much for listening. I wanted to have you here because I've known you through social media. It's terrible to say, but you're all the way in Australia and I haven't been back to Australia. I have never been to Australia. So um but I wanted to have you here because I actually I really admire your journey. You're a role model for me. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you really are. And it's not because we've known each other for a long time. We've only really gotten to know each other through Instagram, which is kind of a, a weird thing to yeah. say. But um, right. certainly it creates connections certain ways. And I just resonate so much of, with what you write. And it inspires me to continue doing what I do. And I don't know, you're just a role model. I just want people, I know there are many people out there who know you already, but for those who don't, I think people are going to be really inspired by you, by your work and just your journey. So I hope we can weave that in a little bit, your journey, along with uh, talking about our sense of smell. And yeah. all. Thank you so aromatic. much for that lovely introduction. It's very kind of you. Thank no, no, you. I mean it. I mean it. Let's start with... The simple question that I always ask everybody, what does the sense of smell mean to you? I think it's a really good question because when I started to think about it, I, I thought it's something that I think most people don't actually ask themselves unless something happens to their sense of smell. We, we tend to not even think about it. For me personally, though, it plays a massive part in my life because of the work that I do. So daily, intentionally, I'm using my sense of smell. And it probably wasn't until I became an aromatherapist that I really started to be aware of how important it was and also how I could see the impact that had on my clients as well. So that influenced me greatly. So now I do, as, as well as my work, I, I try and use it intentionally um I'm also a really I really enjoy cooking I love food so that's another area and and I think it all starts with aromatics the aroma of things that's how you get a feel in cooking and in my work as to how much you know how things are going to turn out what you need to add what you need to do to something so a massive massive part in my life yeah so um whether it's formulating products or, or um, treating clients or having blending sessions with them, I can really, really see that impact that the sense of smell has has on my life and on theirs. So massive part, huge. So if, you know, I was just thinking, you said it has a lot to do with the work that you're doing now, but if you go back to kind of when you were growing up, you grew up in the UK, right? Mm. I mean, <laughs> 
as a child I think like a lot of children I wasn't really aware that much aware of it of my sense of smell I think it was connected to food again okay. in many ways mm-hmm. but I did have a lovely um experience about that just a couple of weeks ago that I'll just mention when we were on holiday with our family here and we'd rented a beautiful beach house that had gorgeous flowers and shrubs and plants and our little grandson Lonnie who just turned three said to me one day can we go on a smelling walk of the garden really no <laughs> and apparently his parents from the time he was much younger even age one would take him out for walks that's my son and his partner Steph would take him out for walks and get him to smell things and as I know I was amazed as we walked around the garden we came across one shrub and he had a smell and he said to me I think this smells like rosemary really three years old and he's doing this three they've always got him involved in cooking and smelling and things and I thought my goodness have we got a perfumer in the family (laughs) but he he picked rosemary and knew what that smelled like so it really got me thinking about childhood and how you it's a really, really good thing to do with children. Yes. It's not something that when I was that age, I, I think I was aware of at all. Uh, but I, I used to love the smell of baking. Uh-huh. And my mother was was a good cook. And I think if I had one childhood memory from then, it would be mint. mint. Because she used to grow mint in the garden. And then she used to make these delicious um, meatballs or rissoles with them. So I, every time I smell mint, you know, that takes me right back to that and the garden and the food as well. So mint would be a really prominent childhood smelling memory for me. Nice. I mean, just going Um, back, I'm sorry, I'm still so impressed with what your grandson does (laughs) and what your your son and what your daughter-in-law did is something that I just would encourage anybody and everybody who's listening to try to do with children in their life. I mean, if you can get them to connect with their sense of smell at an early age, personally here in the US, I don't think in school, you know, kids are really focused on the visual and the auditory and that's constantly being reinforced, right? Draw something for us, play music. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying there's no connection to smell this what is this experience like for you from an olfactory perspective and I think it's so wonderful that they're doing this yeah I I, when when I spoke to his parents and they told me that's what they've been doing because I didn't actually know because they live in Sydney um and his mum said yeah right from a very early age she loves to do that but she would take him on walks and get him to smell different flowers and herbs and the fact that he knew he recognized rosemary from that time that's amazing okay well, I'm gonna was, keep an eye on this kid so confidently <laughs> as though he was absolutely you know this smells like rosemary to me and I was I was just completely blown away by it so yeah I, I, I agree with you I think it's I think it's a wonderful thing for parents to do with children because there is so much audio and so much visual these yeah. days I think there's an overload of it and it's good but there is an overload of it Yes. So to bring in that other sense, I think, is just 
wonderful. Um, I, I was even thinking about that the other day, listening to a meditation online, and I thought they'll often bring in in a meditation things like sound and feel, yes. but not so much smell. No. Which can, when you bring all those senses into it and you connect, obviously that smell to the aroma, the aroma to the meditation, it has such a major impact, but it's often not included in that. So um, I I definitely think bringing that sense of smell and certainly I know like podcasts like yours are are really kind of changing the way people (laughs) think about smell, I think and um opening up a whole new world to to that i can only but yes i was completely blown away when he said that to me and the fact that he wanted to go on a a smell walk around the garden he wanted to smell things and and you said yes and that's not like that was for me because this is the first time i've done it with him so it's purely for parents so wonderful wonderful it's a lovely moment let me ask you um just did you since I think you're a lot like me I mean I didn't I have to admit I didn't connect a lot with my sense of smell when I was young I wasn't encouraged to it just wasn't in our environment even in Germany where I was born and it's yeah it was there but you didn't actively connect with it so um, I guess when I was a teenager I started wearing perfume because as you did and my first perfume was Anais Anais (laughs) which I found out when I posted that Many people had that as their first perfume. So did you? It was mine too. No, that's what it was. I can't remember if we had had that connection, but we did. Yeah. Yeah. It was mine too. It was actually my sister's. She had it. And I used to uh, take a little bit when she wasn't looking. (laughs) (laughs) And I think for my 16th birthday, if I remember, she she bought me a bottle of it. That's Cacherelle, wasn't it? And Yes. And I think, memory, it's got quite florally, jasmine, neroli I think roses in there it's interesting with perfume isn't it because I don't wear a lot of perfume at the moment me either since you know because of the work we do yeah 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 but it is interesting that it does give you I remember thinking that the anais anais was very sophisticated it helped me to feel very grown up and I think perfume does that it has that sort of instant impact of making you feel a certain way which is what it's supposed to do and I think with perfume too we often go too much on what it does for other people but it is meant to be for you really you're right it's meant to be for the wearer not for everyone else but there's a lot of marketing about it you know attracting other people and things like that but I think ultimately it's it's what a perfume does for you is what what's important yeah. And I think that's where natural perfumes are wonderful because they are more for the wearer. I, I think, you know, you it's true. Um, they're more soulful and deep and they're not as overpowering. So everyone isn't smelling them. It's just for you, which is what I think makes them quite beautiful. I agree. Quite I unique. Agree. I, I but, always find um, that they're an expression of they're an added expression of yourself. Right. Or they. Yeah. You know, if I have a, a bunch of different perfumes um, on my stand and then I choose how I want to feel today or how I want to change my mood yeah. or what what I want to express. But like you said, it could be for yourself. Yes. And if you're if you're not wearing a natural perfume and you have something that's a little bit more 
long lasting, perhaps, then you're also telling others how you, you know, you're, you are yeah, making a connection yeah. with other people just you're naturally. Kind of but... Trying to influence others. It's like when you walk into a department store and they're spraying Oof. it around and yeah, yeah. everyone gets it. And I'm like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Um, And I think the world of perfumery has changed such a lot. And I think people are looking for more individual blends and something that says more about them than wanting to kind of just, um, you know, everyone else smelling it. So I think that's why (laughs) natural perfumes as well have become a lot more popular. Yes, They're quite different. But it's interesting what you said that so many people had anise anise is their first perfume yeah. it's kind of strange isn't it how so yeah. many people it was, i don't know if it's the yeah. marketing probably was the marketing it or... must have been i wonder <laughs> if it was i can't remember but i wonder if it was a marketed as a, a sort of a first perfume that somebody had you know as a t- teenager or something like that yeah but i do remember <laughs> yeah i remember it quite well yeah and uh eventually getting my own bottles so <laughs> Not having to share with your sister. Yeah. Let's get into a little bit of your life's journey, if you don't mind, because you've you've done so much. You now have this big brand, Audra James, and it's taken a lot for you to get to that point, right? I mean, you didn't start out doing what you're doing now in no no way at all. I, I, I became an aromatherapist 30 years ago, but prior to, or over 30 years, but prior to that, as you said, I was, I was born in the, in the UK, in the north of England, in Lancashire. And I was, I was really lucky because my father was English, but my mother was Greek. So from an early age, I was kind of exposed to different food, different language, although I didn't speak Greek at the time. And um, I guess different herbs and things like that. Right. That she, my mother would use in cooking. But there was a lot of olive oil <laughs> that was used <laughs> good, good. for everything. Um, so I had a bit of a different upbringing to a lot of my friends. And it kind of opened up quite a, another world for me. Um, but I was, I was one of those people, like I guess like a lot of people at school where I just was not sure what I wanted to do with my life. I, I always felt there was something, but I wasn't sure. I, I, I was quite, even if, even in my mid-teens, I was quite sort of entrepreneurial in that I started a couple of businesses. One was baking birthday cakes and ah. the other was sewing clothes. Both things that I still love to do, but I couldn't see me doing them long-term. Okay. So I just wasn't sure. And, and I ended up studying marketing and business because I remember thinking I can probably get a job in that and I can get a job and then try and figure out what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. That There was always this something, there was just something that I should be doing, but I didn't know what it was. And after studying, I had a bit of a life-changing moment because I visited my sister in in Greece. She'd moved there a couple of years before. And I went for a holiday and ended up staying there for two and a half years. So, which again, was, was really interesting because it, it taught me a lot about changing your life 
getting out yeah. of your comfort zone, trying new things. We had, and it was an amazing experience, um, completely different lifestyle to the UK. Right. <laughs> yeah, as far as, you know, the way that people live and, and the weather and the food and everything. But it was actually when I was in Greece that I had a really interesting aromatic, my first probably major aromatic experience. In uh, one of our neighbours asked me if I'd like to go back to her village to um, experience a Greek Easter. And I, I jumped at the chance. And the week prior to Greek Easter for Greek Orthodox is a time of fasting. So no meat, no fish, chicken, anything like that, mainly vegetarian food. And the house that I was staying at, the lady um, said to me that we're going to be making a vegetarian stew, like a ratatouille. Would you like to come into the garden and we'll pick the vegetables? And I can remember it so, so clearly we went into the garden and she picked the vegetables according to the smell. Really? So, yeah. So she would bend down, smell the tomatoes and based on the smell, decide whether or not they were going to be used that day or they were ready to be used. So she got me to do that as well. So, And it's really interesting because I can remember exactly, even though I think it was 1972 <laughs> or something like that, but... I can remember exactly what was in that stew and I can remember watching her and doing it myself. And it was that first real experience that I thought there was just something more to that sense of smell and how you could use it in different ways as she sure. was doing. So that was that was a really interesting moment for me. I didn't connect it to anything work-wise. I just thought it was quite interesting to see that that's how she, you know, chose her vegetables and herbs and, mm. and it was delicious. I mean, it was almost like she knew exactly by the smell that they were ready to be eaten. Yeah. And I know with vegetables, I tend to do that, but I also feel and then smell a little bit, but hers was purely based on, on her smell. So that was probably the first time I, you know, I really started to think about sense of smell, but not connecting it to anything. And anyway, I, I stayed in Greece for two and a half years and eventually moved back to the UK, to London, and um, got married and had two children. And in 1987, we decided to move to Australia, which was another major life yeah. change. That's a big change, yeah. A huge change, because... Greece and the UK, you can fly back and forth quite mm. easily. But Australia was a really big change because it meant leaving family. And um, I knew that it, it is a very long journey to go back and forth. And it wasn't initially my idea, but I very, very quickly fell in love with Australia. I, I just love the, the wide open spaces, the weather, yeah. the people friendliness you know it's it's a huge place yeah and you just get this feeling of openness and that I felt it was a place of big opportunity I didn't know why but I just had that like it was a new beginning and I had a really strong feeling that I was in the right place I mean shortly after very shortly after that my marriage broke down mm. um, and so I was in a new country with two children on my own 
with no family support or, and I knew hardly anyone. Uh, but I, I was kind of determined to make a go of it. I just felt we were in the right place. And so I, even though I thought of going back a couple of times to the UK, I, I just thought, no, I'm going to try and see how mm. we go. Um, I was I was really lucky because I got a job at um, a really large media company here in, in Sydney and in the marketing department. And a few months in, they asked me if I'd like to join their training departments, corporate training department. And that was something I'd never, never, ever done before. But they thought I'd be quite good at it for some reason. And as it turns out, I was good. <laughs> back then. I, yes. I, I felt really comfortable standing up in front of really large groups of people. So I, I really, really enjoyed the work. And it involved sort of writing and researching different courses. And one day my boss asked me to think about putting on, um, putting together an event on stress in the workplace. And this was 1990. So it wasn't something that was really being talked about all that much, but she thought it could be of interest to a lot of people. And I, I remember saying to her, I'm not qualified to do that. And she said, we'll go off and do some research and we'll bring in other people. And because it was 1990, there was no Google or anything. Right. <laughs> so I thought first thing I went into the city bookstore to have a look and see what books might be on that subject. And there, there weren't a lot, to be perfectly honest. There were, there were a few on one shelf. It's not like today where there's whole sections of books connected to well-being and stress and That's natural right. therapies. There was just a small selection, I remember. And there was a book there, and luckily it was kind of face up so I could see it. And the book was Aromatherapy by Micheline Arcier. Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking oh, what's that <laughs> I wonder what that is and I took it off the bookshelf and opened it up and I was just absolutely mesmerized I it was like an instant thing that this is what I should be doing Interesting, it, was that, huh? it was that quick I, I just skimmed through the pages and I just thought, I don't know how, I don't know what, I, I don't even know if such a career exists. I have absolutely no idea, but I need to know more about this and find and learn about them and see what it's all about. And at that point, I don't think it was so much the aroma side of it. I, I was kind of interested in the the different essential oils and what could they could do therapeutically. So things like, you know, for sore muscles or for skin or for, for sleep and things like that. I wasn't thinking too much about the aroma side of it. Okay. Um, but I remember going back to work and telling my boss, and she said to me, you're crazy. You know, you're, you're a single mum of two young children. Um, you have to support them, you know, how are you going to do this? And I, I said, oh, I don't know, but I, I just know no matter how long it takes, I feel this is something I really, really want to do. So that was how I came across a book on aromatherapy. I'll always be grateful to Micheline RCA for, for writing that book. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't have my original copy because I lent it to somebody, a real estate agent, 
who was interested in using it in his work and and I never received I didn't get it back so the lesson there you know such a precious thing for me but I, I lost it somewhere along the way oh. I did get another copy but not the original so that that's basically how I started and as I said because it was 1990 I I couldn't just google colleges so I had to go through the phone book and <laughs> I managed it, yeah. to find <laughs> remember those yes yes <laughs> how we had to do things back then and I, I came across a couple of colleges in Sydney that had a diploma of clinical aromatherapy as it was called back then yeah and I chose one and got some more information and I managed to kind of talk to my, my boss was I was really lucky because my boss was very supportive and we worked out a way that I could still work part-time and study and managed to take a little bit of a loan and to keep me going and so I, I enrolled and um, at the um, it was called ACNT college at the time and it was a college I actually went back there years later and taught as well so oh, they nice. asked me yeah. a number of years later to go back and teach the same course so yeah it's full so circle what <laughs> kind of started for me I I, I loved I loved studying it I I think, unfortunately, and I don't know whether it's because of the name, but I think aromatherapy has, sometimes it's a bit misunderstood. People think it's quite a light subject. Yeah. But it's not, you know, no. we, we we study anatomy and physiology, chemistry, yes. formulation, face and body treatments. There's, there's a lot to it. I sometimes wish we could change the name, but I'm not sure to what yeah it's gone through the ringer I think quite a bit <laughs> and depending yeah. on where you live I think in Australia the fact that you had a college like that already says a lot I mean here in the U.S. that didn't exist unfortunately they're, they're not still from what I heard they're not still teaching the course anymore which is a great shame because it was really oh, popular okay because yeah, I do get asked a lot you know where can I study and I, I do think it's important it's very much a hands-on subject too so I think yeah. it's important you can do a lot online but also to have some of that hands-on um I noticed it especially when I went back to teach there I really enjoyed the hands-on part of it that, that my yeah. my um, students got and I, I still keep in touch with quite a lot of my students from around the world oh good who went on. it was a really really nice time in my life because it was you know you're you're encouraging a new generation of aromatherapists to go out there and and they were all age groups and from all over the world my older student was 82 nice yeah and he was um a bit like me he he always felt there was something he should be doing and didn't know what it was and uh, came across a book on aromatherapy and and he was wonderful and he went out to work in the aged care section after that oh um talking about aromatherapy and giving little treatments and yeah, I, th I think it's a wonderful career. I mean, I, it, it, that's why I, I try and encourage people, if you're thinking of it, to get a really good training because there's a lot of misinformation out there, as you know. Yes. I think it's changing a bit. I think people are now looking for more solid information. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do think, you know, the more of us out there, the better, who are fully trained, qualified, giving out the right information. So... Yeah, so definitely it was the right career move for me. 
and that was yeah th- over 30 years ago so it's amazing it's somebody it's, said to me a few weeks ago you know like don't you aren't you bored with it by now and I said but that's the beauty of it there is just so much new information there's so much yes. now that I didn't know then so many new ingredients new methods new ways of working with essential even scientific studies that are being done now finally exactly that you couldn't find years ago and now yeah. you you have access to those studies yeah. so it completely changes um, and what was interesting I mean I I started out giving massages to stressed out clients and creating <laughs> spoke blends and then moved into more of skincare, the skincare and formulating for other brands. But what was interesting is that my background in training always came in really, really handy uh, because I'd often be asked to talk about aromatherapy or to give put together training courses in it in places like hospitals and for hospice care and schools. So it's that thing, I think, sometimes when you do something a bit later in life, you can bring that experience of what you were once doing into it. And that's what sets you apart and gives you that edge, I think, sometimes over other people. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's been a wonderful 30 years. And I, I, I think I read a quote by Micheline RCA, who did say in her 70s that, she felt she was only just beginning. Interesting. And I'm 67 now and I, I feel exactly the same. I feel like I'm, you know, that there, there's just so, so much more to learn and you can spend such a lot of time researching and learning what you do. So I, you know, I do encourage anyone who's thinking about it to, you know, take that step. Yeah, yeah. I think your journey just actually in a strange way, as you're telling the story, it reminds me of, of a scent. You know how scents just kind of, they come in and they, right. they lure yes. you in certain directions. It's almost, it's, it's very fluid. It's very intuitive. It's very um, in, instinctive. And, and I don't know, it just draws you in. And I, I think you, right. you took a chance each step that you took and you, yeah. kind of, I mean, yeah. I, I did rely a lot on, I think, gut feeling and intuition. I did yeah. go with that. Um, and I've, I've learned that it does work, you know, when you, when you do that. And, I've, and I still use that in my work. And I even use it with clients, you know, um, mm-hmm. treating them. You know, sometimes they'll want to see you for something, but you get a gut feeling that there's something else going on. So it has been a big part of my life, I think um but yeah it's been an interesting journey because when I started out I didn't know how it was going to go I didn't know I didn't think I'd be here 30 years later still doing it my my goal was to do something that I really felt passionate about and that I could help other people with and at the same time try and create a life work balance as a single mother Mm. because working in the corporate world long term just wasn't wasn't going to happen I needed to do something on my own but I've really enjoyed being able to do my own thing and to change course a bit if I felt that I wanted to or go in a different direction I think one of the things with aromatherapy and I guess you'll agree with this though there's so many options 
Yes. And that can sometimes be difficult for people to focus on one or to, you know, stay the course on one because there, there are just so many areas and they're all as interesting as each other. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see, like, like I said, with your podcast, a whole new world open up of people yeah. really starting to think about how they can utilize aromas in so many areas of their life and work and business and yeah, yeah. we're just and interestingly to... I have a lot of and I have for years a lot of clients who are therapists in their own like that psychologists who who for years have been using it in their in their own work wow which is really encouraging and, yes. I, and I used to also teach to a, a group of um Catholic nuns in Sydney who used to work it used to use it in their work in hospitals and hospice oh, care and nice. that's going back now 25 years ago so so I think you know I see big things for it in the future for sure yeah, yeah. so definitely the right decision I wanted to ask you just about aromatherapy and all of the clients that you've had and the customers, even for the products that, that you create. Um, I want to talk about the emotional aspect or the emotional well-being and how that ties in with your sense of smell. And yeah. I want to just ask you what you've noticed over the years, how sense of smell and, you know, the aroma, the smelling part of aromatherapy has kind of helped people emotionally. Yeah. I, I first started to notice this right at the beginning when I would do, I think I mentioned I used to do massages. Yes. And my clients were mainly always women and they were stressed and time poor and and I'd always create a bespoke blend. I'd start the session by doing a little bespoke blending session and get them to inhale just several essential oils. That way I could base the blend I was going to use on, on how they felt. And right then I, I could see instantly how, what an impact that smell had on them. So for example, if they inhaled something like a citrus oil, which is more uplifting and fresh, often a little smile would come on their face. You know, and it would be like an instant little thing. I was gonna say impulsively, sort of, not that they, it wasn't a forced yes. smile, it just appeared. It, it would just be, and, and like if there was a, a relaxing oil, I could instantly see their shoulders drop yeah. and sometimes let out a bit of a sigh. Mm -hmm. So I could see the emotional and also the physical effect it was having on my body before we even started anything. So, um, and, and it was amazing how many people would also say, they take a smell of something and say, this reminds me of something. Yeah. And then they go on to tell me, you know, I think it's this or I think it's that. So it has this incredible impact on our emotional and physical well-being. And I think what I what I've liked to do with my clients over the years is, is to get them to use that intentionally mm -hmm. by connecting an aroma to an emotion to help them in, in, in different situations. So I've, you, you know, it works really, really well for things like sleep, you know, insomnia, which so many people have 
I've used it successfully in things like fear of flying, public speaking, um, that connecting that aroma to an emotion Mm -hmm. and a feeling that you have just really enhances that. So we call it scent association or scent anchoring, and it works incredibly well. So I've used that quite a lot. When it comes to everyday well-being, I mean, I, I think wellness is now, it's become such a huge thing, <laughs> um, a massive thing. Yes. And, and sometimes I wonder if, you know, people got into it because they were stressed and wanted to find a bit of peace and quiet in their life. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, like a lot of things, it might have become another thing that you're supposed to do every day, you know, yeah. journaling, meditating, yoga, which are all good things. But if they are just things that you need to add on to your list of everyday things, they they can become quite another stressful thing that you feel you have to do. And that's where I think aromatherapy is perfect, because how I like to use it is to encourage people to use it alongside just everyday things that you would already be doing. So, for example, one might be getting up in the morning and you're having your shower like we all do, but adding a few drops of an energizing essential oil to the shower base so that when you step in, you get that, um, you know, that instant sort of bloom. Yeah. I mean, I I like to use that peppermint because it's obviously high in menthol. So it's very head clearing. It's good for a bit of sinus. Yeah. yeah, it really wakes you up. I mean, some of my clients tell me, yeah, it's better than coffee, you know. And I think, <laughs> well, I like my coffee too. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's just a really, really good way of, of utilizing them. I think sometimes we get caught up on diffusing, which yes. is a good method. But I see people sometimes over diffusing. Yes. They, they sort of pop it on and it's going all day and all yes. night like an air freshener a constant air freshener (laughs) yeah and and there's no kind of thought connection gone into it in a way because it's just let's pop it on and 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 look I love diffusing I'm not saying that but I think use it when you need it but when you actually take a moment to do something with your essential oil blend um, you're creating um, a ritual around that Yes. which creates a stronger connection, memory connection. So even, you know, the very act of as you go about your day, if if you feel stressed or anxious, you know, we tend to shallow breathe when, when we do that. So um, as we go about the day, even the very act of inhaling an essential oil, that causes you to stop for a moment, take a really deep breath, because when you inhale, you automatically breathe deeper. So that has both an emotional and physiological benefit to you. And then you get the aromatic benefit as well. And, and then you, you can also, we talked, as we talked about, connect that aroma to, to feeling that way. So if you do that over time, whenever you inhale that, you're going to instantly feel much calmer. Right. I think there are so many different ways. And I, and I think it's what's wonderful about aromatherapy is that it's very accessible. Yes. You know, not everyone has time to go for a massage or a facial, but even when you're time poor, you can easily slot in little 
rituals into your day alongside. And I think one of the most beneficial things I've come to learn about it, a way to use it, which I didn't know initially, but it's it's connected to skin because until I tried, started treating skin, I, I didn't realize how stressful it can be for many, many people. Yes. Um, I've always been lucky that I've never had any skin issues, but a lot of people put a lot of self-worth into the way they look, you know, and every time you're looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, sometimes there's criticism um, and and also as we get older, because we change the way, the way we look look changes and that can be hard for some women in particular to accept so what I get my my clients to do is to use their skincare, which is aromatherapy based. But instead of just each night sort of just looking upon it as a chore to create a lovely aromatic sort of ritual based around that. And it changes the whole way that they start to see themselves. Oh. Because when you're using aromatherapy based skincare, you, you know, using products with essential oils in there. You might be doing an aromatic compress. You might be doing a um, using hydrosols. So you're getting that lovely aromatic benefit. And if you do it in a really nice, loving way while you're massaging your skin and applying your products, it starts to change the way that you feel about yourself. So I've seen that happen in many clients where they, they tell me that their evening skincare routine is their favorite part of the day and it's completely changed the way that they see themselves and feel about themselves amazing which I think is, is wonderful yeah yeah so, lots, well done. so many different ways <laughs> that you know you, you can incorporate um essential oils in into your day yeah yeah you know one of my favorite things to do is actually um in the morning I just pick any essential oil at random that I have and I put a drop on a, you can put it on, I have scent strips, but you can put it on a cotton ball or any piece of yeah. cotton. Yes. And I just journal with that. I just start writing just creatively, like as if I'm talking to the scent and just connecting with it right. and letting yes. it tell me something. So I'm not even journaling about my life or what my problems are, or what you know, whatever that may be. That's another exercise. Yeah. This is just about connecting with the aroma because over time it changes and it it starts to tell you things and I just find it really a fun and creative way to get into another space before you start your day and I really enjoy yeah. it no, that, that's it. a lovely way to use it yeah because yeah. you're right when when you inhale an essential oil like that it changes quite quickly over yeah. over even minutes seconds so it does change. No, and yes, it, it is. I get what you're saying. It, it is trying to tell you something. There's a story there behind that. Yeah, yeah. And whenever you, I, I mean, I've got here my little bottle of frankincense infused in jojoba, which I use all the time, black focus. And it does, it, it kind of, you, you put it on and it will start to tell you something and then it changes yeah. and it it kind of changes what you're, you're trying to get from it. So, but writing with it, I think it's a really, I think aromatherapy is a really, really useful tool for creative people yes. to use in, in writing or in their work, because I think it can be really help you 
as you said, it tells a story. So it can be really, really helpful to inspire you if, if you're feeling a bit blocked or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. There are lots of different oils that can be be used in that way. Yeah. And it's like you said, though, it's also it's always a very personal thing, isn't it? Because absolutely. Yeah. And and that's one thing that can be very challenging when you're formulating products <laughs> that a number of people are going to buy. Yeah. I mean, that's why I think most aromatherapists like myself, we do have always bespoke options because then you can really tailor something. But it can be challenging. And also if you're formulating for another brand, because you're trying to get aromas that are pleasing to a large number of people. Yeah. And what's really interesting is sometimes I've created a bespoke perfume for someone and I might send three samples to them. And I can tell you that often the one that I don't like and think (laughs) nobody's going to like, it'll be the one that they pick so that just shows it. it's such a personal thing yeah. and um and it, and it also changes you know I think depending on how you feel and how you want to feel and um you know so it's complex it, it is, it's complex yeah. yeah yes yeah it really really does but that, that's that's a really lovely way to use it because I, I always start my day with a you know an inhalation of something okay but I tend to then do a, a meditation yeah tell me about that, that. So, tell, yeah you yeah. do a lot of meditation so that that kind of leads me into my meditation because I, I actually started meditating 35 years ago and it was when we'd moved to Australia and my marriage broke down and I did have a lot even though things were going okay there was also a lot of worry about the future you know what I'll be able to manage with two young children mm-hmm. And I, I just found myself, like a lot of people, overthinking, I go looking at the future instead of staying in the moment. So I'd heard about meditation and I went to a meditation class and started meditating and just found it really, really beneficial. And I think meditation, sometimes we, it's a bit like, it is like aromatherapy and that it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can overcomplicate what it's meant to be because at its core, it's it's just being in the moment and focusing on something. So the idea is that you, you're blocking other things out, which yeah. people, I think, increasingly are finding that really, really difficult. Oh, absolutely. Um, With our digital age. You, I know. Our it's phones. getting really hard. I just noticed the other night we were watching the news on on tv and i said to my husband there's just so much on the screen i remember as a child watching the news and the news reader would be on the screen and and that was it now you have pop-ups and you have so many different things all over the screen and we're not designed to be taking in that amount of information Mm -hmm. It, it it's you know you're you're you kind of can't focus it's no wonder that people can't focus you go to the supermarket to buy something and then there's now 20 different varieties of everything. <laughs> and so the brain's trying to work out which of these is the right one. And, you know, so I think it's really important for us all to find a way to be able to switch off mm-hmm. and focus and not be out there. Just, just, even if it's just for a couple of minutes a day, that that alone can be really beneficial. You know, you don't, I think some people think meditation is sitting there for an hour or so cross-legged on the floor, but it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't have to be perfect. There are still days where 
it doesn't work how I want it to for me but that's okay because just having a minute or two Mm -hmm. and and because it's something you can take with you wherever you go and use whenever you need to it's really really beneficial so the main thing is that a lot of people say to me oh I can't switch off and I think this is where aromatherapy and meditation can work really really well together because the moment you take a deep breath and inhale a relaxing aroma the relaxation response has already started so mm. you're already leading into that yeah. so I think if you if you do that it's a really e- much easier way to get into your meditation practice so if you start by an essential oil or a blend that you find is really calming for you I mean frankincense is known as the oil of meditation I mean, it has that beautiful, warm, I think very comforting feel Mm -hmm. and aroma. I know some people, it's not for everyone, but I think the majority of people, once they use it, not always initially, but have inhaled it a couple of times, tell me that they then love it. And it's just got this very, very comforting warm grounding feel to it so that's one that I often recommend and what's also good about frankincense is that it's as well as being a natural sedative it's also extremely good for focus Mm. so which is what you want to do in meditation you want to be relaxing but also just focusing on something whether that's your your breathing or your um or you're visualizing something maybe a candle or or a word it's just basically that thing of bringing your focus inwards. Yeah. And so I've always started treatments with a meditation, oh, a short nice. meditation. And it's a really good way as well to get clients if they're a little bit nervous about a treatment or apprehensive to get them an aromatic meditation is a really, really good way to get them into that. I also trained in clinical hypnosis quite oh. a number of years ago. Um, I don't practice it but I I I wanted to do it because I I found it really interesting it's like an extension of meditation but going deeper Mm -hmm. so I also find that self-hypnosis is really interesting who knows it might be something I go back to one day with you I'm sure beautifully with aromatherapy as well (laughs) so you know all these options are on the table (laughs) who knows what's next Right. I mean, like, as far as I'm concerned, I think you have many more paths to go. I mean, you're just getting started. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can really, like I said, I'm 67 now, but I can really, really see myself at 97, you know, still putting info out. Hopefully that, that's the plan. That's the plan. Good. So I, I, I think that's the beauty of it. It's, it's something that you can do forever. Yeah. And you can adapt it and change as, as you go along in your life. So yeah, yeah it's, no, it's, it's wonderful therapy. I mean, the fact that you said it, you said it best that it's accessible. It really is accessible. I mean, just when yeah. you just mentioned meditation and being in the present moment, right? It puts you in the present moment, which is so difficult for us because we're so in our head and we're always in the in the past or in the future or worrying about this or yes. that and just being in the present moment. And that's what I always tell people is that's what your sense of smell is there for. It's there to connect you with the present, to connect yes, you with the, with the here and now. And just simple, 
scent walks like your grandson is doing, which I love. I mean, just connecting with the world around you and taking a moment to smell something, even if it's just for a moment, you're connecting with the present moment and you're connecting with something else that's living, which is beautiful. Yes, it it is. And and like I said, when, when you stop and smell things, it it causes you to stop what you're doing for a moment and block everything out and just focus on it. And I do think if people spent a little bit of their day just doing that, whatever it is, whether it's before you have your morning coffee, just taking a second to inhale the coffee or when you go for a walk, just the flower, anything when you're cooking, just stop and take a moment. It can really help you to to block things out and and that's a form of meditation I mean what you're talking about is a meditation because you're stopping what you're doing you're blocking things out and you're just focusing on that inhalation of an aroma so that is a meditation in itself so the two do work beautifully together so and and there are lots of different meditations online now that you can listen to if, if you find it difficult to do that and I think again it's a really personal thing and it's um it's good to sort of um find a voice that you like and one that you feel comfortable with and who knows we might be able to one day kind of have like a smelling meditation online I don't know if that exists already but um, I'm aware of but I still, I don't know. I'm old school. I'm getting old. Maybe I just like the real thing. I mean, I know they're going to have all kinds of digital and <laughs> it'll be nice. And I'm glad they're exploring new, new avenues, but there's just something about connecting with the real world that I still enjoy. It'll, it will be very interesting to see 10, 20 years, probably even five years from now, yeah. where all this goes as far as okay. the smell and, and, being able to access aromas I, I can see how it could be it's handy for a, an aromatherapist who's formulating things to say you know what do you think of this smell oh, but, absolutely yes it has its place yeah, that's where absolutely. it could but I, I agree it's such smelling an aroma is such a personal thing it's such a moment to yourself mm. and that you're right I don't really want to be sitting in front of a screen doing it I want to take that moment <laughs> right, right wherever it is and and just sort of have that moment to myself and um and be in that present moment and I think when you're doing it in front of a screen it's not going to be the same I, I don't right. think at all yeah so. we're in front of a screen enough already as it is I think. yeah I know we definitely are definitely are I want to briefly just talk about your book that you've just written brand new hot off the press your autobiography I just got it and I started reading it I was completely enthralled in it I haven't finished it yet but it's talks about a lot of what you mentioned here and just goes through your your beautiful life story and the journey that you're on and you're by no means done yet but you know you kind of decided you were going to write something up until now right tell me about that so it started out because a lot of people have often asked me, how did you become an aromatherapist? You know, where did you train? So I found that I was often answering questions, answering emails. I get more questions back. And I thought, well, I'll write a blog about it, you know, blog posts. So I started writing and then it just went on and on. And my husband is a writer and 
he said, you know, right, it's a book, not, you know, not a blog post. And then I had a couple of, uh, one in particular, a client who kept telling me that I should be writing a book about my story. And it was also during a time when my sister Kath was was ill, uh, being tr- tr- having treatment for cancer. And, and I found writing to be really, really great therapy to be able to you know, just do something different. And she also insisted that I write it. So I had to do it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and, um, but it was mainly, it's always been to encourage people to follow this path to, to think about training as an aromatherapist, because I do think the more of us out there, the better. Yeah. And as I said, you know, there's a lot of misinformation. So mm-hmm. I, I really, really believe that the more of us out there, um, the better, the more correct information. It's it's good for everyone. And it's also for anyone who might be thinking of changing their life a bit and thinking they're too late. Because in my 50s, I also decided to move to a new city on my own. My children had left home yeah, <laughs> and I had a successful clinic and I, I was teaching and I I just had, again, it was on intuition, I had this feeling I should be in another place. And I moved to Brisbane and I I didn't know anyone. I knew one person from Sydney and I just moved on my own. And my my children had grown up, as I said, my daughter had moved back to the UK. And it was the best thing that happened because I also met my husband um, and I started a whole new business from scratch. And you know, so I did that in my fifties, and uh, it's been a one I love. Love the city; it's a, it's a beautiful city. If you ever do visit Australia, please go. Yeah, it's. it's I a will very, come. <laughs> do it, it's a very. It's got everything that a city needs, but it's very very relaxed as well, and uh, very you know open and fresh and and lovely. So, so it was definitely a good move for me. So, so I, uh, the bit that I've read, I've. I mean, I was reading and reading I couldn't stop it's really well written thank you for it's such a well-written book but I I have to say that you're pretty honest about how challenging it can be I mean it's not just oh I'm going to go to school and then I've got it all figured out I mean there there's ups and downs there's um doubt you went back to your original job Mm. said maybe I need to take a break from aromatherapy for a while and then you realized nope I need to come back to it so all of those things are are really wonderful to read because they're really reassuring they're real they're authentic they're not just some good luck story you know I'm going to aromatherapist now you know what I mean like you know yeah thank thank you for that I think that's lovely feedback so thank you yeah I think also I, I I love reading business books and I love reading other people's stories I often found though in a business book, there'd be something like somebody would say, I started formulating products on my kitchen table. And the next thing is they've got a multi-million dollar empire. And I think, okay, well, what happened in between? How did you go from doing yes. one facial a day to owning a spa or yeah. owning a shop? What, yeah. what happened in between? And it's not a straight and, line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and my goal was always, it wasn't to, you know, create a multi-million dollar business it was to do something that I loved and that I could do in my own way and it's one of the reasons why initially I used to do a lot of wholesale with with my products and then I decided not to because I wanted to 
have control and just do everything in the way I wanted to do it. That's just the way I am. So I I thought it was really um, important to just tell the story about how it's not just you set up shop and everything goes smoothly. There were lots of doubts and fears and, you know, starting over and, um, you know, like you said, at one point going through a difficult time and I decided to step back from it. And what was good about that was it made me realize just how much I really wanted to get back to my work as an aromatherapist. And I think sometimes that can be a good thing to do so that, um, you know, if, if you're ever not sure or you, you've had enough, don't think that's the end of it. You know, I think as, as therapists as well, and I do mention that in the book, we if you're working hands on with people, you 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 give 100 percent and it can sometimes over time be emotionally and physically draining yes so if you need to step back for a while it's not the end the end of it you know you you can keep your finger in there and and come back to it when you feel ready and that that's what I did so it it, interestingly what's really funny about the book is it's not a long book but it took me such a long time to write because although I've written many training manuals and articles it's that thing of telling your own story and um It was edited so many times. And yet a couple of days ago, my my sister-in-law read it for the first time and she's a book editor and I should have given her the book to start because she found one error in it. And and I was like, oh gosh, no, it's already sold. But anyway, we've wrecked it. It was just one word, but it was a a spelling error. But that's the beauty of an e-book, which is why I wanted to put it out that way initially. And we'll see how it goes. So, um, well, yeah, I'm going to so put a link. I'm going to put a link to that so everybody can thank check you. out your book. So that'll be in the in the episode notes. Um, so you can look for it there. So it's a really wonderful thank story you. and I can't wait to finish it. I might have to finish it tonight. <laughs> I love to finish by asking my guests three questions at the end to get to know them a little bit more personally. Um, I did send you those questions. I don't know if you had a chance to review them, but let's try. Let's, I'd love to get to know Audra a little bit better aromatically through aroma, I guess. And I want to start with, um, first question is, what's your favorite smell right now? Any smell in the whole wide world? It would, even though I work with essential oils and I love them, my favorite smell would have to be the beach. Ah, makes sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. And it's a very, a very special beach that uh, called Salt Beach, which is about an hour's drive from here. Okay. And the moment I walk onto that beach and smell that salty sea air, it's it's perfect. And it holds a lot of memories for me because we've had many family holidays there. I got married there six years ago, overlooking the beach. So there's a lot of memory attached to that so that would have to be just one other there's there's a beautiful little French patisserie just around the corner from where we live nice. and they open at six o'clock in the morning and there is always a queue of people even at six o'clock six a.m and it's really interesting to see everyone walk in and come out with a smile on their face because that combination of their bread and their croissant and pastries <laughs> like you have to get there really early because they sell out by about eight o'clock you know there's nothing left so that those two at the moment you know other than my work the beach 
<laughs> and, and the beach can be hard to describe as well because it changes the vegetation and depending where you are yeah time of year um, yeah. yeah that that special beach memory I love it yes. I love it and then my second question is do you have a favorite scent memory I got a couple from way back and one was the one that I mentioned which mm-hmm. was mint okay. because it reminds me of my mother and it's interesting because I guess a lot of people if you ask them about a scent connected to their mum it might be a perfume but mine is mint <laughs> um, and I think the other one and I, it, you're talking to you today has reminded me of this because I need to go back and revisit Anise Anise ah there you go me of it's my hard sister, to find so. it's very yeah. hard to find quite honestly oh is it yeah. yeah maybe I can try recreating it <laughs> <laughs> if I have any luck yeah um I'll have a look at the notes and see what's in there and see if I can you know just yeah. see something that might be similar not recreate the actual one but just see what's in there so that one so those two things but yeah with with the mint that's always a really really strong one for me oh nice I love that I love that and especially because it's connected to aromas and food my right. two favorite things you know yeah so, yeah <laughs> that makes really sense. Well together. oh and then my final question is, if there are five smells to describe you, what would those be? I, I really love this question because when I create bespoke lens for my clients, I always try to get to know something about their personality because I sometimes just base it on that. And yeah. it's amazing how accurate it is. So like a lot of people, I've got two sides to my personality which is sometimes challenging you know I've got that sort of energetic uplifting side but also that very deep you know thinking side to me okay so and I I, I'm never quite sure which one overtakes the other so sometimes it's hard to balance them so if I was going to describe aromas that you know for my personality I'd always go with citrus oils for that uplifting side. And um, I love them all. Um, I use them so much with clients because uh, I think they just have that instant feel good factor. So anything, you know, lemon, tangerine, bergamots. I love yuzu, which yes. is a favorite as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'd probably pick three. Grapefruit is another one. So grapefruit, yuzu, tangerine, orange. And for the other side of me, I pick vetiver. Ah, nice. That very deep, grounding, soulful, earthy aroma. Um, I remember somebody saying to me many, many years ago that it smelled like an ashtray of cigarettes. Really? I don't smoke. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I can I think it's that smoky aroma. Must be. But yeah. I yeah, I don't I think it's quite beautiful. And and interestingly enough, I think the citrus and vetiver work really, really well together in blends because you've got that sort of you know uplifting and relaxing component. And I, I always when I blend, I always try to balance everything out. Yeah. So I think they work really, really well. So yeah, I'd probably pick four citrus and Betty Bear, and there would be my my five aromas that 
I like I think, that. Describe my personality. That's quite bright, actually. The fact that four <laughs> out of the five are citruses. I love it. Yeah, I was thinking about that and thought, yeah, so maybe <laughs> maybe that's how I see it. You could ask me that question tomorrow and it could be completely different. <laughs> it might be two citrus and two. <laughs> Depending on your mood. <laughs> and three sort of, uh, you know, grounding or so. And that's, yeah. that's the beauty of aromas, isn't it? It actually tells me that you're quite happy with your life I don't know that's just the impression that it gives me if you're telling me four citruses that means you you, you're you're pretty optimistic at the moment I'm very lucky that I think I tend to have a positive nature um I've I've worked on that over the years I you know I, I do try to do that and I think it helps if you have a life where you're you're doing something that you enjoy you know, if you think it also benefits other people and and you can kind of call your own shots. I think I think there's a lot of stress based around work for many, many people. Right. right. Um, so I do think I mean, I live a, a lot to be thankful for. You know, I live in a beautiful country, have a wonderful family. So um, and even though we're kind of spread out it makes life interesting and it means because of technology we you know we can keep mm-hmm. in touch with each other all the time which we do so yeah no I, I'm very very grateful I think for the life that I have had its ups and downs but like most people but um yeah looking forward to see what's ahead well thank you for joining me today Audrey it was so wonderful to talk to you um I thank you for sharing your story I want everybody to check out your ebook it's beautiful that it is an ebook so that it's easy. Anybody around the world can access it, which is wonderful. And I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for, for asking me. As I said, um, I, I'm really honored that you did ask me because I've enjoyed so many of your podcasts you've had. And even my husband's now got addicted to them. So <laughs> so he, he's quite interested in, in science of smell. He's become quite fascinated by it. So Thank you very, very much. And it was lovely to finally meet you. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.